Coming to you live from a fogged out apartment somewhere in the United States, it's the TH Cinema Podcast. TH Cinema Podcast. My name is Dan, and with me as always is the Burton and Depp to my Elfman. I like it. I have no idea what that is. Oh, come on. The Batman and Robin to my Joker. <laughs> hey, look at us. <laughs> Snort. Hello. Silent John. Hello. And Frank couldn't be here tonight. So, we just finished smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> yeah, you. I'm in a whole other world right now. And in the interest of full disclosure, we are refraining from any spider news. Uh, we stayed away from it in the last episode. We're staying away from it in this episode. We're kind of, we want to save up all that spider energy for upcoming Spider Thursday. So there have been things happening that we haven't talked about that we're very eager to talk about, but we'll get to that in our special Spider Thursday episode coming up next week. Yeah. I am chomping at the bit mm-hmm. to just say so many things <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm very excited. Yeah. We have pumped. We had a brief release earlier of getting some of that information out and there's a lot. There's a lot to go through. There's a lot to comb over leading into Spider Thursday. Yeah. It may be a long episode. <laughs> yeah. I just want to unpack it all. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that, but that's next week. Yeah. Uh, something I do want to talk about this week is the top movies of the year lists that have dropped uh, from a couple of sources. Um, IMDb and AFI both dropped their top movies of the year. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking over it, and there's... I've seen more on one list than I have the other. I've got disagreements on the list that I've seen a lot of, and I've got confusion on the list I haven't seen a lot. Okay. Explain. It's a very intriguing take. Thank you. Uh, So the AFI list, I haven't seen any of these movies. Okay. At all. And the IMDb list, I've seen probably like seven of them, six of them, something around there. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously, the IMDb list is a little bit more Mm popularity-based and mainstream, and the AFI list is a little bit more Oscar-baity, but IMDb is also kind of a reputable source, so I would have expected a little bit more crossover than just Dune and then every Marvel movie and DC movie and video game movie and remake. Like, it's just, (laughs) it's the kind of list, like, I would expect, like, Rotten Tomatoes to put out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can see that. Because it's all just blockbuster movies that have either succeeded or failed. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're the best movie of the year. Yeah. And IMDb has always been kind of a more between something of AFI and Rotten Tomatoes. Like they were that middle ground of like, we appreciate the art. We also appreciate the mainstreamness of it all. Yeah. So to see stuff that's got like Army of the Dead with a 5.8 rating. Mortal Kombat with a 6.1, which uh, those are pretty warranted ratings. I've seen both of those, and yeah. those are very, mm-hmm. to be numbers four and eight, that's 
out of the entire year. It's kind of bizarre, at least to yeah. me. Weird. On the AFI list, I haven't seen any of these movies yet. And on the IMDb one, I've only seen, what, two of these ones? And these other ones, I will probably not see most of these by the end of the year. But the AFI one, that list, I will have seen all of these movies like by the end of the year, early next year when they're like released widely and stuff, you know? So I'm more, I'm more excited by the AFI list than the IMDb one. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, for the IMDb one, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I believe I've only seen two of these, um, being Eternals and Black Widow, which, I mean, they're okay, decent movies, but uh, they're not going to make my, you know, end of the year list by any means. Dune is really the only one I'm excited at on the IMDb page. I yeah. plan on seeing that hopefully in the next week or two. Um, I'm not surprised that it ended up on AFI's top 10 list either because it rightfully belongs um as well as most of these other movies i've have way more interest in the afi list because it's right up my alley in movies um i've kind of i mean i know we're going to see spider-man next week but other than that i've kind of been more pulled out of a lot of those movies other than like marvel movies or star wars movies um like godzilla vs kong that doesn't pull me in i've kind of given up on like the whole Justice League, maybe we, we fix that with the new Batman coming out, but all these properties on the IMDb list, they just don't do anything for me. Whereas the AFI list, yeah, I plan on seeing all these, both hopefully before the year's over, or like you said, Snort, going into January and February of next year. I have genuine excitement for most of these movies. Yeah, um, Doom being on both sides of this list is kind of like the exception that proves the rule, that one of these lists is a little bit too pretentious, maybe, and the other one a little bit too dumbed down, too basic, you know? The most glaring thing omitted from these lists is the fact that Spider-Man's not on either of them. They haven't even given the opportunity for Spider-Man to release because West Side Story, which is number 10 on AFI's list, had not come out at the time of the list being issued. So obviously they're fine with movies that haven't come out yet, I mean, IMDb, maybe, I mean, obviously, Spider-Man on an IMDb list like this is probably going to take the number one spot. Yeah, obviously. But why wouldn't you wait till the biggest movie of the year comes out? That's what I was wondering. I thought this was pretty early for, like, end of the year list to be coming out. Like, we have Spider-Man next week, and then you have, like, Christmas movie, like, releases the next week. Like, put it out, like, right before the new year. Yeah, this this is a December 30th post. This should not be a post coming out at the beginning of December. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, in these next two or three weeks we have of December, there's a lot of stuff jam-packed in there that should easily make these lists. So it's kind of unfair to those movies to release these now. Yeah, and do you think that they're going to be putting that on the 2022 list? Since they didn't qualify for the 2021 one for some reason. But, I mean, I'm not seeing any movies here that came out at the last couple of weeks of uh, 2020. Yeah. The whole system's flawed now. Well, maybe actually Suicide Squad, I think that was a Christmas drop, wasn't it? Or was, uh, no, the Christmas drop was Wonder Woman. 1984 came out on Christmas Day on um, Disney Plus or on uh, whatever it was. Of 2020? On HBO Max, yeah. Wonder Wonder Woman 84 came out. Hmm. Why didn't Wonder Woman make this list? 
Did they just change the rules this year, IMDb? Or maybe it was on the list for 2020. But that means that Spider-Man should be on the list for 2021. Yeah. Why are they just, why are they being Spider-Man racist? I think someone just fucked up. (laughs) Do you think like the marketing department just had like three weeks of vacation and they're like, fuck that. We're not coming in for the rest of the year. Let's just get this shit out. I mean, but even if you're doing that, I'm sure you could have scheduled the post to drop on the 30th and still put Spider-Man at number one and it would have been fine. Even if you haven't seen it yet, you just know. (laughs) Hello, people. Like, why the glaring Spider-Man omission? This is like getting snubbed in the in memoriam at the Oscars. Like, Spider-Man being left off this list is a travesty. That's okay. I don't need lists to tell me how good Spider-Man's going to be. Right. <laughs> Save down. it. Wait, wait. Suck it back in. Take it back in. <sighs> next Sorry. week, buddy. Ne- Sorry. Next week. We're going to get into that next week. Okay? Just... Don't worry. Hold it. Hold it back. Reel it in. Sorry. I here, here. It's okay. This will be like a little like snack. A little comic book snack segment to hold you over until next week. Okay. Okay. So there will be an HBO Max series starring Colin Farrell as the Penguin, a spinoff from the upcoming Robert Pattinson Batman. And I'm excited. I was a big fan of like a uh, Gotham, which was kind of like a Batman mm-hmm. in universe kind of, kind of TV series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the penguin on that played by Robin Lord Taylor, really good penguin, but I'm really excited to see like the darker, grittier, like not so campy. Cause yeah. Gotham was kind of like halfway between like they had one arm in Nolan side and then one arm in like Adam West Batman side at the same time somehow. <laughs> You know, and somehow didn't find Tim Burton in the middle. It's a weird line to walk. (laughs) But still, for what it was, decent series, you know. And I did like Robin Lord Taylor's Penguin, but Colin Farrell's Penguin's going to be, he's going to be like Al Capone Untouchables level of Penguin, just fucking wailing the fuck out of people. It's going to be violent. It's going to be dark. It's going to be. It's going to be that crime boss penguin that they've never really shown to the full extent of what a crime boss penguin could be. And I think Colin Farrell is going to be really good playing that role. No, I agree. Um, he looks extremely sinister in the images that have come out. And it's, you can't even tell it's Colin Farrell. He's unrecognizable. It's, it looks fantastic. Um, I like the fact that it's going to be on HBO. I think that's going to make it as gritty as possible. I think that's the perfect platform for it. Um, and yeah, I think this is a nice, I don't want to say it's a fun take on the Penguin because this is the first serious take, but I have more intrigue with this version of the Penguin than any other we've had in the past. What a bold move, though, to already have a TV series in the works for a movie that hasn't come out yet. Man, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a big, big leap. But, you know, when you know that you've got something going, you jump on it. And I mean, comic book stuff, no matter what, at least one season, it's always a pretty much a safe bet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like most first seasons of those kinds of shows do well and then kind of fall off a little bit, but it at least hooks you from the beginning. Like I said, Daredevil is still one of my favorite Marvel things, the, the TV series. Yeah. So I, I think the going from the movies to the shows that have been very beneficial for a lot of, you know, comic book properties and characters it's been able to flesh them out a little bit better and give you stories that you kind of never thought you probably would have got you know within a movie you can flesh out these villains 
way deeper in a show than you can just plucking them into a Batman movie. Yeah, and Disney Plus set that precedent with being able to build those mm-hmm. in-universe right. side stories. And, I mean, DC's taking a shot at it with the uh, John Cena Peacemaker show that's coming out soon, very yeah. soon. I believe, like, within the next month or so. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And that looks like that. that's going to be a fun ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like John Cena and Suicide Squad, and I just like John Cena in general, so <laughs> fuck him on board. <laughs> So, you know, same same with this Penguin HBO Max thing. Like, I think that's where they're going to be able to excel and rebuild the foundation of the universe they want to create that they failed previously. Yeah. You know, they should just go the opposite route of the way I think Marvel's going of, like, taking the entire universes and making them all one. Mm-hmm. And they should just be like, this is the new universe. We dropped a cosmic atom bomb in the other one. It doesn't exist anymore. There's no more app like Batman's. There's only Pattinson now. <laughs> and Michael Keaton. Well, of course. You don't forget Michael Keaton. No, you can never forget Michael Keaton. Mm, you do when there's Robert Pattinson. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I, I, I think I prefer Michael Keaton as a dead guy to Robert Pattinson as a dead guy. Beetlejuice. <gasps> That's one. Beetlejuice. That's two. Do you have anything to say? All right, so uh, our next segment is going to be uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Christmas movies. See, because Batman Returns to me is a full-on Christmas movie. <laughs> He's here. <laughs> Look what you've done. Well, I just wanted to be the guy. Sorry. I feel like it's so much better. <laughs> All right, get together, guys. Showtime. <laughs> You know exactly what you're doing. 100%. But I think that Die Hard, you know, as the Christmas movie, the the new internet's favorite, like, kind of like how Hocus Pocus all of a sudden became the new, like, Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Die Hard became the Christmas movie on the internet, and now it's like, a, it's the big in-joke and everything, you know? And I, I've lamented about this before. I know I have. I just have a big problem because I think there's a lot better options out there. Batman Returns being one of them. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang being... Maybe not Snort's favorite, but another <laughs> option available. Uh, Gremlins, Edward Scissorhands. Like, Nightmare Before Christmas doesn't even get the amount of love that it gets around Halloween, and that's a goddamn Christmas movie. <laughs> it's Nightmare Before Christmas is all, it's that redemption, like, it's a Snort Christmas movie more than, like, Die Hard is a Christmas movie for you. You know what I mean? It's yeah. got that Christmassy spirit. It's got the the giving and saving Santa and shit like that. But you know what? It's that spirit Halloween. It's not a spirit Christmas. Could you imagine his spirit Christmas, though? That's all I can think about right now. Now that's all I'm thinking about, too. Because <laughs> it's like every, all of those movies that you just said. It's like all of that kind of like, stuff. But it's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't spirit just like open up? Like, I know they do the pop-up shops for Halloween, but, like, I know you've got some inventory left over. <laughs> and there's a lot of crossover. Why not just open up Spirit Christmas? Yeah. And just sell all the fucking lights and all the other shit that, like, everybody goes to, like, Walmart and Home Depot for, but also sell all the, like, kitschy fun shit mm-hmm. related to the pop culture. I mean, there's so many, so many options. Why doesn't Spirit have a whole line of holiday pop-ups instead of just Halloween? Why did they put all their eggs in the Halloween basket and not the Easter basket or the Christmas basket? All, all I, else I really want is just Christmas. I don't need any more holidays. Just Christmas. All you want for Christmas 
is a spirit, spirit Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> get into the Christmas spirit. It just writes itself. Oh Come on, marketing department. Get on board Why with this. Why did it take us this long to realize to switch those words around? <laughs> See, you don't even, you just got to change the sign a little bit. You just got to take the Halloween, flip it over, move it to the other side. Christmas spirit. Spirit Halloween. Christmas spirit. Perfect. Wow. All right. I'm, I'm expecting at least like royalties paid in uh, Nightmare Before Christmas merchandise, please. I'll take Edward Scissorhands. But yeah, tons of better Christmas movies. And there's a definite theme of Tim Burton and Christmas movies. I mean, there's, there's a couple of Tim Burton themes. There's Tim Burton and Danny Elfman, Tim Burton and Michael Keaton, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. Tim Burton and Christmas is something that's carried through pretty much all of them. I think that's one of the uh, Tim Burton things. It's like one of his little, like, his shtick. He's a Christmas guy. He's a Christmas guy. He's a yeah. goth Christmas guy, but he's a he's a Christmas guy. It's a cool Christmas, though. Yeah. It's, it's the Christmas goth kids want and need. Yeah. And he gives it to them. And he pretty much delivers, like, the, the ones that I've named her, those are all Christmas classics to me. You know? Yeah, you know what's... More so than fucking Die Hard. You really <laughs> just don't... I'm just over it. I'm just so over it. I like Die Hard as a regular movie before everyone threw all this Christmas crap on top of it. Like, how is Gizmo not... Like, Gremlins, that's a Christmas movie. It's literally set at Christmas, and it's got the spirit, and... Why is Gizmo not everywhere at Christmas? Why is it goddamn John McClane in a fucking air vent? People like air vents. People like machine guns. Oh, shit, I don't know. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. And as with all of, you know, Tim Burton's Christmas movies, like, I put Batman Returns into that category because, to me, this kind of evokes that Christmas spirit. Like, Danny Elfman, there's something about Danny Elfman's scores that, to me, is very Christmassy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's the use of the bells or the, the, the strings. There's something about it that just kind of speaks Christmas, and it carries on through, you know, all of Tim Burton's movies. Like that's why Edward Scissorhands feels so Christmassy, even though it's not like all set at Christmas. It just has that. It's whimsical. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you've got one of Tim Burton's favorite people, Michael Keaton, Mm -hmm. as I'm going to say the best Batman. I'm just going to put it out there. Best Batman. Wait, are you saying like out of all Batman? I'm saying out of all Batman's Michael Keaton best Batman. Wow. I disagree, but I'm not mad that you feel that way. He's solid, but I just really like Christian Bale. Yeah, it, I, my thoughts exactly. I mean, it's it's the most mainstream option. It, it's the consensus with most, but I don't let that take away from Michael Keaton. I really do like Michael Keaton as Batman, but Bale just does it. I don't know. I don't know. Some, something about Michael Keaton. He's kind of like the, the Tom Hanks of Batman. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? He's like the he, Christian Bale's kind of the Christian Bale of Batman, to be honest. You know what I mean? He's Christian Bale's very like like a grizzly kind of like Batman, based on the voice alone. Michael Keaton's and, just kind of smooth, you know? Yeah, and Christian Bale's kind of a dick, and he, yeah. he's kind of a dick in his Batman. Michael Keaton's kind of like I said, like he's the Tom Hanks of Batman. He's kind of just like that he's good guy that you just the nice dad root yeah. for exactly. That's why he needs a Robin. He didn't get a Robin, though. His Robin went to George Clooney instead. 
<laughs> Ostensibly one of the worst Batman. And Val Kilmer just kind of sitting there hanging out right <laughs> under Michael Keaton. Because I do love me for some Val Kilmer. Yeah, no disrespect to Val Kilmer. No. no. Yeah, I don't know. Christian Bale is just Batman to me. Like, it, I think he always will be. And we did talk a little bit more about penguins earlier. Mm-hmm. Not the not the birdie kind, but the people kind. And I didn't bring up the best penguin of all time. <laughs> Colin Farrell, notwithstanding. Danny motherfucking DeVito. Double D. Double fucking D. Frank Reynolds himself. <laughs> as hands down the most. His Okay, you know how we were talking last week about how RDJ was kind of like workshopping Iron Man? I think oh, he was yeah. workshopping Frank Reynolds as the Penguin in this movie. And you, I know you haven't seen it for a while, but you will see what I am talking about. And that's what I'm most excited about is like, like we, we brought up last episode as well. Just watching this with adult eyes and not my kid eyes who doesn't really get what's going on. You know, I, I'm really excited to see him fleshed out as the penguin. I have a very small remembering of it and I definitely think I am going to love it this time around. You got to have some DeVito thoughts, Snort. You got to have some DeVito thoughts. I, I, I can't, I cannot tell you my thoughts because I think you will be so disappointed in them. I honestly just no. don't. I'm sure Danny DeVito is a very nice guy. I just don't know much about him and I don't think I've seen much with him in it. I have seen this movie, but it's been like I probably rewatched the older Batman movies when like Batman Begins came out. So mm-hmm. it's been a while. So I don't remember a whole lot. But I think he seems really creepy. I think he's just going to weird me out. and Or I'll think it's really fun. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. So Danny DeVito, while he may look like a weird little creepy dude. No, little, I think he looks fun. Little, little butterball. Okay. Butter so, so Danny DeVito, something you need to know about Danny DeVito that makes him probably one of the more endearing people in Hollywood. Okay. He has been married to his wife, Rhea Perlman. For like almost 50 years now. Oh, really? That's cute. And they're both like four foot ten and tiny. They're both pocket sized people. <laughs> That's cute. Good for them. Yeah, they're adorable together. I will say, there's another Danny DeVito Christmas movie that I like, <laughs> like a lot, though. <laughs> if you Deck could the only... Halls with Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I haven't seen it, but I still eye rolled my way through what you were saying and knew what movie you were talking about before you exactly. said it. Because, yeah. It's a good one, though. No. <laughs> it's I don't not. Know. It's, it's a little chuggy. Oh, stop you. I'm not chuggy. I don't know these words. <laughs> I, I haven't taught him yet. It's too much to get into right now. But something that's not chuggy is ostensibly, in addition to the best Batman, the best Penguin, also the best Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer, who at the time of the movie being made was like, like all the fantasy casting, you know what I mean? Like, oh, if this movie was made at this mm-hmm. time, if there hadn't have been a Batman movie and they were like, oh, who should have played Catwoman if Batman came out in this year? It would have been Michelle Pfeiffer. 100%. Like, it was the perfect get oh. 
for it. She and she's again, the, she's the best Catwoman there's been. I mean, there's not a lot of competition there, no. but she she nails it. So you're saying she's better than Halle Berry, Catwoman? I know it's hard to believe, John, but yes. She inches out Halle Berry's Catwoman. Inches her out, huh? Inches it out. I mean, Anne Hathaway's way down that list. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. And, you know, it was the perfect mix of the three perfect castings for Batman, the Penguin, and Catwoman. Tim Burton, Danny Elfman. Like, it's, there's Christmas. It's everything that it, <laughs> I know that I failed last time for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but I'm definitely winning with this one. Yeah, I would, I'm going to say I'm a lot more excited to watch this than one that I am. Kiss, kiss, big, big. Like, I know I'm going to enjoy this. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> I'm really excited because you've only seen it the once when you were younger. I've seen it a handful of or times. a handful of times when you were younger. John, you've never seen it? No, I've, I've seen it. I was just really young, so I don't remember a lot about it. So it's just that like child brain. It's the first time through adult eyes that you're going to be seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a whole new perspective for me now than the first time I watched it. So. I'm, I'm very excited for you guys to be able to like appreciate it as like not just moving pictures on a box. Right. Like as an actual like work of art that they've put together. Yeah. I'm uh, very excited. Yeah. I think I'm going to be a huge fan of just like the style like we talked about and just the design of everything. Yeah. And I mean, the music, the, the, the design of it, it set the tone for Batman for generations until Christopher Nolan's Batman came out and completely changed the way that Batman is thought of. <laughs> like even Gotham, the TV series carried a lot of what the Burton-esque architecture and the way that things were, the way that things were a little dark, but still somehow campy at the same time. Mm-hmm. The music, uh, Danny Elfman did the music for Batman, the animated series. And it, oh. when you think of the Batman theme, you don't think of a theme from a Christopher Nolan movie. You think of the Batman theme that Danny Elfman wrote, you know? Yeah. So like, this is the, like DC peaked with one Batman movie <laughs> in 1994 and then somehow marketed it to kids. I, d- I did want to discuss something a little bit yeah. about okay. this. The 80s were a really weird time in what was marketed to children. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like, there were movies like RoboCop or Rambo that were these super violent, like, films for grown-ups. And then they would turn them into cartoons for kids. And That's there would weird. be cartoon series based on these extremely violent adult... Not... Sorry, extremely violent grown-up films. Yeah, like the the one of one of the most like there was a Toxic Avenger cartoon series for kids. <laughs> what? Yeah, really. There was with action figures and everything. I find that very hard to believe. That's it very it existed. Strange. It completely existed. And I don't know, Snort. You don't know much about Toxic Avenger, I'm sure. But like, I don't even know what that is. I have no idea. What it is one about. of the most schlocky uh, B horror, C horror, D horror, G horror movies ever made. Made by a film uh, company called Troma, who just makes the worst, like, just garbage cinema. Like, it's punk rock cinema. Like, it's just, like, gross and badly shot and badly acted. Like, it's it's the room horror movies, but not good for the bad reasons. Because did did James Gunn start, like, kind of in that vicinity of things? Yeah. Yeah. And just very weird for something like that to be, you know, marketed towards kids. RoboCop, 
marketed towards children. So like this movie came out and while it's not in the scale of like the Batman of everything, mm-hmm. like Christopher Nolan's Batman's obviously a lot darker and grittier. Like, you know, the Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger Joker is obviously a lot darker than Jack Nicholson's Joker. Mm-hmm. But the fact that these were still marketed towards children, like modern Batman movies, like Heath Ledger's Joker isn't getting his own cartoon series no. for six year olds, you know? Like the, the Colin Farrell Penguin series, I'm pretty sure that's not going to be for after school viewing. But somehow this, when this came out, like McDonald's toys, mugs, little mugs for kids from McDonald's. Like it was, this was for kids. And I'm hoping that when you watch it with grown up eyes, you understand why the late 80s and the early 90s were a really weird time. <laughs> It was like that carryover from that 70s mentality of parenthood, but the kids knew that there was something just, something's not right here. And then that's how millennials ended up happening after afterwards, because on, on the backs of us. <laughs> that's where we fit in. Yeah. <laughs> we just, that's where we got shot out of. Here we are. Here it is. So I'm really interested to see what it's going to look like through your eyes. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm extremely excited for this. Yeah, holly jolly time. It's it's gonna be a fun, super not appropriate for children Christmas, for sure. Merry Christmas! It's Batman Returns. <laughs> Let's watch this fucker. Let's do it. No 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 no. Feature presentation. I found the movie, Snortin' John Got the Snacks, and we're back. And we just watched Batman Returns, a Christmas movie. 100% a Christmas movie. 100%. I'm on board a Christmas movie. Overall, we did take a little Popeye break. (laughs) Mid-movie. Get some of that chicken. Uber Eats, thank you. Thanks, Diamond. <laughs> but we've watched all of Batman Returns. All right, what's everyone's like? Okay, I want to get everyone's like overall impression before we start like digging into this motherfucker. Um, I would say definitely more Christmas than the last movie. Uh, surprisingly, not that much Batman. Uh, the Penguin's very creepy. And I absolutely love Catwoman. That, that, that sums up my thoughts. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. It's, it's a very solid movie. It, uh, I had this realization like 20 minutes in that this potentially is going to crack my top three Batman movies, which came as a surprise to me for not remembering anything about it. And by the end of it, I would say it it definitely is in there. It's either two or three for me, which kind of just blows my mind, honestly. I really adored this movie. It was campy. It was cheesy. It was dark and gritty. It was, there was a lot of sexual tension in it. It just had everything. (laughs) It had Tim, Tim Burton's fingerprints everywhere. It was beautiful. 
I, I agree completely. It's been a while since I've watched this movie. Uh, probably good like four or five years mm-hmm. since the last time I've seen it. And I did appreciate the, you know, Tim Burton-ness of it all. Uh, something I was thinking about while I was watching it is that like directors like Tim Burton and James Gunn and uh, Sam Raimi, like guys that come from like lower budget kind of schlocky kind of stuff tend to do really good with comic book characters like their first time out of the gate at least well, we're not talking spider-man three here <laughs> but tim burton like comic book movies were made for him he's allowed because of the way that he does what he does he it can be as, as absurd as it needs to be like it's been ripped straight out of a comic book panel and his his style is very like loud and colorful which is what a comic book is essentially and i agree wholeheartedly with everything like he did so amazing with this i would love to see him do even another superhero i I don't think we'll ever get it but it would be fun to see like a modern day tim burton comic book movie today you know yeah there's definitely room for that like even directing a you know a couple episodes of a series or something i would love to see a tim burton spin on something all right, so in true Tim Burton fashion, we start off with a beautiful uh, Danny Elfman score, the Batman theme, the classic Batman theme. Mm-hmm. And we go straight into Pee Wee Herman <laughs> as the Penguin's father. And uh, Tim Burton did work with uh, Paul Rubens before yeah. uh, doing the Pee Wee movies and stuff like that. So it's just nice. And, and actually, in the uh, Gotham series that I was talking about earlier... Yeah. The Penguin character in that show is visited by his dad's ghost at some point, and it's also played by <laughs> Paul Rubens. So it's still a shared universe, technically. That's like young Danny DeVito in that show, because it's also young Batman. Right. Dang, I'll have to check that show out. I haven't seen it. Um, do you want to hear something funny? Hmm. So I was just trying to think in my head. You're talking about like this part of Danny DeVito's like dad and stuff. I was like, man. When did that happen? I don't think I saw that. And then I remember I looked up right at the end of it, like right whenever it changed, because I was eating my chicken. So I, I totally missed that. I didn't see any of that. Okay, so 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 Pee Wee Herman and his wife have a mutated baby, and they put it in a baby cage, and it eats a cat. At some, at the beginning, like it's in like a little like, they they're they're locking this child up. And then they take it to the park and put it on a little like log flume of death. Okay, and that's where I that's where I <laughs> that, that's up where the at. chicken moment happened. You were like, What the fuck's going on? There's a baby in a bassinet going <laughs> yes, down a river into exactly. a sewer. Exactly. And what a downer like of a beginning to the movie, you know? Like his parents are such assholes. Like, of course he's gonna be a villain. Yeah. Like, come on. I felt so bad for him. Abandon the child to the sewers. <laughs> I don't know, like a kid ate a cat. <laughs> Kind of some crazy yeah. stuff happening. Yeah, that's, but that's not how you get rid of the cat eating kid. <laughs> the, you go through the proper cat eating kid channels. Throwing him off a bridge is not the not no. the move. No, no, no. I don't see that. So then you get Gotham City, sixty-five million years later, mm-hmm. and Batman's running around now. And there's a there's a newspaper boy screaming about penguin sightings in the street, like penguins fucking Bigfoot <laughs> or something. And then we've got our intro into Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer, Snort's favorite part of the movie. Yeah. But at this point, she's kind of like the uh, 
Kind of like the girl from She's All That before she gets She's All Thatted. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like she's Shy. clumsy and klutzy. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the early 90s, like shoulders shrugged, <laughs> sitcom-y type of vibe. As Christopher Walken's assistant. A wild Christopher Walken appears. Were you not expecting a Walkening in this movie? I, I totally no, had no idea. And it was such a fantastic treat. Snort, what was your reaction to the Walkening? Oh, I knew he was in this. Okay, you were... I did remember that part. You were prepared for that? Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Were you prepared for what his hair looked like after not seeing it for <laughs> no, as long I, as you have? I did not remember him looking so weird. I would say I remember the character, not him. Yeah, and Walken's playing a very early 90s Donald Trump, for lack of a better term. Like, you know, the 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 magnate in the city with his name on the building that's kind of like also the celebrity at the same time. Like, that's exactly what was happening in New York with Donald Trump around that time. Yeah. You know, and he's also got, you know, an idiot kid, like, Donald Trump as an idiot kid. <laughs> so then we get our first Christmas tree lighting. Yeah. The first of two Christmas movie. Check. And then I I apologize during the movie, but I'm going to apologize again <laughs> because I forgot that clowns were a large part of this movie. And we get our first major clown attack on the city. And I had to turn over to Snort and say, I'm sorry, there's... <laughs> multiple clown attacks in this film see i've been trying to do some like um like exposure stuff to try to get over my fear of clowns it's slowly making progress so this wasn't too terrible because they were like like trapeze like weird clowns like not like scary like creepy clowns little circus clowns with a little edge to them yeah, they threw, and they threw in a couple of extra little, like, sideshow. I think that's what they're just trying to get at, like, the sideshow, circusy traveling troupe, yeah. like, with the penguin. Like, that makes sense why he's there, because there's not just only clowns. There's also fire eaters and contortionists, the skeleton head guys, the David Pumpkins dancers <laughs> with the giant heads, uh, the, the organ grinder with the monkey, like, all the classic, yeah, you know, 1920s carnival <laughs> circus folk very cartoony and danny devito yes and penguins with missiles on their back but we'll get to that a lot later <laughs> so then you know to, to to quell the clown attacks on the city michael keaton appears for the first time as batman in this movie his words please note will not appear for another 20 minutes or so He'll be having his first lines around the uh, half hour mark. Which, what a bold move. Yeah, what? silent and stoic. That's Batman. But I was into it. Batman don't need no words. No, he really didn't. See, that I'm telling you, that's why Keaton beats out the bail. It's, he doesn't need to be screaming at the top of his lungs. He's just Batman. Fuck you. He's, he's, the, he's the physical version of hanging up on somebody and walking away. <laughs> <laughs> I was thoroughly impressed with him. Like, more impressed than, than I... I realized I was going to be because I was dead set before we watched this on Bale being number one. But just watching this movie alone, there's some tough competition now. I don't know if I'd put him above him still, but it's way closer than I thought it would be now. Yeah, I think after the appearance in the Pattinson movie, you're going to like appreciate the Keaton Batman because like the old grizzled Batman that Keaton's going to end up playing in it. That's going to be the tipping point. Like, okay, yeah, scratch that. Yeah. 
Okay, so so Michael Keaton appears, fights all the clowns, shows up in the Batmobile, which is the most badass Batmobile that's been on screen. Yeah, I agree. I did like the. I made a note of that that I liked the Batmobile a lot. It's just got that classic feel to it, you know. It feels right when you see it. Yeah, it it also feels very early '90s at the same time. Uh, yeah, well, of course, not so much as the one in the next one where there's like you know neon <laughs> lights coming and it's got kind of like a skeleton spine down the middle, but. That's the Bruckheimer movies. It's a little bit different than the Burton's. So during all this clown violence, um, Selena Kyle is on the streets. She loses her glasses like Velma from Scooby-Doo. Batman comes and saves her from a clown. Yada, yada, yada. They meet for the first time. Batman doesn't say a word, walks away, because fuck you, I'm Batman. And then we cut to what is the most Tim Burton creepiest fucking zoo I've ever seen, and that's where the penguins' hideout is. But like, I'm looking at this place as they're doing like the flyover, and I noted like, even in the daylight when this place was like at its prime and open, it would still be like creepy as fuck. <laughs> what the fuck zoo is this? So, so we go down to the penguins' headquarters, or you know, pen hub, <laughs> as some call it, and the penguins going and showing off his umbrellas. His wonderful collection. His wonderful them. collection of umbrellas. I, I noted on my side, like, where did he get these? Um, like, I'm I'm assuming that somebody in the clown troop might be a smith or something, <laughs> and is making these umbrellas because they're very special umbrellas. Yeah. And if whoever's making these umbrellas has this kind of, I don't know, umbrella technology available to them, why aren't they like just making it all one big umbrella with all the things in it? It, it kind of fucked him in the end scene. He went yeah. to go pull an umbrella and, oops, wrong fucking umbrella. I guess I'm going to die now. Like, he's probably like, damn, really should have had all those umbrellas combined into one giant umbrella with all the things in them. Like a like a Swiss Army Swiss, umbrella. Yeah, a Swiss Army umbrella. Exactly. Just a jack of all trades for you. Whatever you need. Yeah. We need to find the umbrella guy. We have yeah. a pitch for him. Ooh. So then we get back over to Catwoman and she's at her apartment answering messages on a answering machine, which used to be this thing that was attached to your phone, which was attached to your wall. And it would be like a voicemail, but you couldn't listen to it until you got home. So that's like yeah. what you would do. It's like getting all your text messages at once in a voice format on a cassette tape, which was this little square with a little black stuff inside of it that recorded things. Yeah, I know what all of that is. Well, I don't know if Chaz does. Shout out Chaz. <laughs> Shout out Chaz. Let us know if you know <laughs> what an answering machine is. So Catwoman's in her apartment early New Yorking around and just still being that like bumbling, clumsy kind of girl. And then she hears a message from herself and it's, you have to go to the office to go die. So she goes back to her office to get the paperwork. Christopher Walken's there. And he, okay, as I was taking this note, I was very proud of myself because I wrote the right word for it. And then I Googled <laughs> the word to make sure that I wrote the right word. He defenestrates her. What? What is that word? Def defenestrate is a word that specifically means pushing someone out a window. Wow. There's a word dedicated to that. There's a word dedicated to that. So wow. he defenestrates her. I don't know if I have to say out the window, but I'm going to say out the window. He defenestrates her out the window. And then some cats try to eat her. Ugh. Real weird scene. Just real creepy, kind of off-putting. For And it's not even that bad of a scene. It just feels off for some reason to me. I felt wrong watching it. 
uh, I know I know Snort felt wrong. She was squirming over on the sofa. Yeah, it just made like my skin crawl. Like I am not a cat person at all. And I was just like, that is like my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, so we're two for two. Clowns yeah, and cats. Yeah. Sorry, Snort, my bad. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Not too bad. And she gains supernatural cat powers, apparently. And then I, what? How though? It, it comic books. <laughs> And you know what? Again, it's Tim Burton. Like anybody else, it would have been more serious. Right. Tim Burton, carp launch, just whatever. You know, you want a guy eating a fish and spitting black stuff out of his nose, whatever. Like, who cares? Tim Burton, do what the fuck you want. You made something yeah. with a guy with scissors with hands. Guys <laughs> with, with scissors with what? Scissors with hands. <laughs> scissors with hands, Jonathan. So then Catwoman goes back to her apartment. She drinks milk and does other cat things. And then <laughs> she has to fucking sew. So she sews together an outfit. And then she's Catwoman. Voila. But she's also a badass bitch. Yeah, she is. She's breaking shit. She's spray painting stuff. It's definitely like early 90s badass bitch stuff. I think I have found like my, if I was like a superhero or villain, I think I found who I am. <laughs> Is this the like super villainous you most like connect with out of yes, like, like all of the like the entire set piece from Endgame with all the Marvel women <laughs> that are there and they did that whole thing? You're like 1992 <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, motherfucker. <laughs> I really think so. <laughs> she's yeah. a vibe. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say she's definitely a vibe. I could see it. Yeah, I think this is she's my spirit animal. <laughs> So, and then in Fever Dream number one, a clown kidnaps the mayor's baby and goes into the sewer and the penguin man comes out and saves it in a giant duck. (laughs) Tim Burton. It's cool. I just kept thinking, I wonder how they got that down there. Where did it come? I just wanted the backstory on just that. (laughs) Are you hearing that HBO Max? (laughs) Next backstory. The duck boat from Batman Returns. We want the duck boat origin story, please. We've seen how it ends. We need to know how it started. (laughs) Quack, quack. 2023. And then the penguin saves the baby, and everyone thinks he's a hero. And then we get Michael Keaton's first line at 36 minutes and 51 seconds. Why? (laughs) I just still don't get it. Because I'm Batman. (laughs) Like, for a second, I I kind of forgot that we were watching a Batman movie, because he's it's it's a Penguin movie, that's all it is. I did like the elaborate uh, system of mirrors he had <laughs> to make sure that the bat signal when it went in the sky got reflected <laughs> right into that chair oh. in his study. Like yeah. there was like three mirrors that motherfucker would bounce off of. Well, and I just thought, man, he just like sits there and just like waits around like all the time well it, it was like pre like cell phones like you know you just sit there and you'd read a book and listen to the victorola and use your answering machine when you got home yeah i guess so then the penguin does like a bunch of like research and finds out who his parents are and takes on their name and decides you know to become a politician essentially with christopher walken's help and they kind of debut the penguin in again tim burton do whatever the fuck you want. Right. But 
they debut the Penguin to his campaign staff in a very, probably not the best light situation, because he's in his underwear eating a fish as he comes down the stairs from his attic house, where he lives with a bunch of circus folk. I thought that was so disgusting, him eating that fish. It's just making the noises, just like, oh... That, oh, it creeped me out so much. Well, I did not like that. You have to be sensitive. He was raised by a family of penguins and okay. clowns, so... Yeah, and all of these people just acted like he was normal. I, I know, I noted that. Like, everybody was looking at him with, like, clapsed hands and, like, eyes of hope as he's, like, <gasps> munching down on this raw fish in his underwear. Oh, God. Trying to fuck everything that moves. <laughs> But at the same time, I feel like this is what makes him, in my opinion, maybe one of the most justified villains. This dude has just been shit on his whole entire life. He got thrown into a little river as a baby. And yeah, he's the weird fucking penguin guy. <laughs> it's the true American story, pulling himself up by his bootstraps. <laughs> like he finally gets his moment. Fucking give him his moment. What else has he had in life, you know? No. So, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. You keep going. I didn't know what I was going to okay, say. Okay, if, if the mayor of our town came walking out to a press conference in his underwear eating a raw fish, I think there might be a little bit of press on that incident that's not too good for him. <laughs> and then, don't forget about him just biting some guy's nose and then them just going back to work like nothing happened. Just perfectly fine. Bit some guy's nose off. Um, I do want to say, okay, so while I was watching that scene, I was thinking about the pencil from The Dark Knight. Make, yeah. a, pen, make a pencil disappear? Yeah, Because yeah. he was making a little quip, and then took a big old chunk out of the nose, oh and then started laughing like a motherfucker. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to go with Danny DeVito on this one. Over the pencil trick. <laughs> Penguin nose bite. You like it more. I like it more. I think it was better executed. Yeah, I'm out sharks on that one. I think it was more clever. I just don't know if I like it more. And so at this point, uh, nose biting aside, the movie kind of becomes like a political movie because now <laughs> the penguin is running for mayor. And in order to do so, he needs to recall the current mayor and only the only way he can do that is to raise violence in the city so the current mayor looks incompetent and the public recall like it's a very like like it's still a comic book movie with a penguin man and a batman and a cat woman <laughs> but it's also a political thriller at this point he goes and frames the batman like there's a lot going on behind the scenes on this yeah. a lot a lot deeper than again the penguin man the batman and the cat woman had any <laughs> right to be because it's it's not about it's not a superhero movie about like them trying to save like the people of the town and stuff you know it's literally just them fighting each other yeah, yeah. it's it's captain america winter soldier pretty yeah pretty much for batmans <laughs> and danny devito just grunting around just grunting and eating fish <laughs> i think like like our, you know rdj was workshopping iron man and kiss kiss bang bang yeah, Danny DeVito was definitely workshopping Frank Reynolds in this. 
There's a lot of Frank Reynolds in this movie. There's a lot of Frank. Pre-Frank, it's still Frank Reynolds. Replace that fish with a rum ham. <laughs> so the blow up the city plan is in play. And at that point, Batman goes to try to, to defeat all the clowns that are blowing up the city. He puts a bomb in a guy's chest and pushes him into a... Just yeets him down there. Just gone. Just gone. That dude... And there was not enough time for that dude to get like that bomb out of there and run. You know what I mean? Like That guy's gone. That guy's pieces. Batman's murdering clowns. Good riddance. <laughs> in some I, cases, it's justified, apparently. I, I was thinking that while I was watching it. Yeah, I was like, well, at least Snort, even though like there are clowns, Batman's going to kill them all. So it's okay. So then Catwoman, for some reason, not in correlation with the current clown bombings going on, decides to do her own little bombings. And she goes to the department store picks up a whip and she's apparently really good at it because cat powers yeah like just out the gate and she backflips her way into batman and backflips her way out of conversations and <laughs> that might be my one gripe about her whole character is that that right there i got real tired of it did not like it yeah and her and batman fight and flirt and you know she stabs him and you know the, the usual catwoman bat batman type stuff but like a lot of the Catwoman Batman stuff is framed off of like Keaton and Pfeiffer's chemistry in yeah. this movie. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that yeah. the way that they interact in the comic books to this date is pretty much the same way that they played it. Really? You know, that kind of like respectful, flirty, fighty, adversarial but not enemy type yeah. role, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like they were like perfect together in this movie. Yeah. And that's why, again, that's why I put the Keaton and the Michelle Pfeiffer in the best category of that character. It's the same as RDJ for Iron Man, like Sam Jackson for, you know, Nick Fury. It, they're, the way that they portrayed that character framed the way that character existed moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. After that, Penguin's just trying to fuck around town. Him and Catwoman kind of like get together and then Penguin frames Batman for killing the Ice Queen. Or killing, kidnapping the ice princess. That yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Again, and this was fever dream number two for me. I was like, okay, there's a penguin guy that's kidnapping an ice princess, trying to frame the Batman. But then the Catwoman comes in and kidnaps the ice princess. It's like a word cloud that a seven year old would make. But God damn it, Tim Burton, you it, make it work. He makes it work. I'm into it still, you know. So during that time, like Batman and Catwoman like do a little Netflix and chill, whatever. <laughs> At the giant fireplace. The biggest fucking fireplace. You could park a fucking Volkswagen <laughs> in that fireplace. Probably a couple of them. Like, that's not a fireplace. That's a forest fireplace. <laughs> so then Batman goes to try to save the Ice Princess from Penguin, and they kind of, like, the clowns hack his car. Which I thought was very a very clever plot device in this movie. Because I had no idea what was going to happen when I went to the car. I thought it was going to blow up or something. And then the fact that... Little Danny DeVito Penguin's just in the back of his little Again, little camper. Tim Burton controlling the fucking Batmobile, like a little uh, like a little ride inside of a department store. Like back uh, in the Kmart days, they had those little like carousel things you could ride. That's what he saw. Only Tim Burton can get away with that shit. Such a dumb, fun visual, but it it worked because yep. of Tim Burton. So then Batman is his car is under control of the Penguin's little ball device that's stuck on the bottom. He punches through the bottom like, I, I don't know, like why? We're talking about the Batmobile here. 
it can't have a design flaw where there's like a hole, a little spot under the seat where you can just punch a couple of times. Like even if you're Batman, you're still bat. You're still a man, Batman. <laughs> you can't punch. It's the Batmobile. Shouldn't it be armored completely all over? Like, why is there this like Death Star exhaust port weakness that can easily be punched through like it's fucking crepe paper? That's what I thought. I thought like, what about something punches it from the opposite side? You know. Not good. Not a good design part. But Batman utilizes this design flaw to seize control of his car, not run over somebody, and record the Penguin's conversation with him on a DVD or a CD-ROM. <laughs> Which at the time is very, very high tech. Yeah, we we definitely weren't burning CDs till after like Nirvana days. Like maybe like 1997, we were burning CDs. Like Batman, Psh, head of the curve, man. <laughs> So, are you telling me that Batman is like a CD hipster? Oh yeah, he's a, he's a CD trendsetter. <laughs> but at the same time, he kind of fails because he treats it like a vinyl record, like a little DJ. Yeah, there's a little bit of scratching going on. I don't think he knows how CDs work. Well, yeah, but those are that's like a bat CD player, so maybe it's got like special bat. I don't know. Again, we're talking about a movie with a Batman, a Catwoman, a Penguin, and. There's supernatural <laughs> powers. I guess anything goes at that yeah. point. Tim Burton. Let's just go with Tim Burton on it. <laughs> so then Batman kind of like foils the Penguin's plot to become mayor by airing the Bat CD that he played over at a press conference. Penguin gets mad. He gets, goes back to the sewers and raises his <laughs> Penguin army. Which this scene, his his whole, you know final speech to all the penguins was one of my favorite scenes because i think it showed the range that surprisingly danny devito has especially as the penguin i most of the time these uh these speeches are very cheesy it's very monologue driven it's the same no matter what movie it's in but i don't know there's something about him in the speech that really takes his penguin to another level he's very campy he's very fun he grunts the whole time but that scene he just transforms and i absolutely loved it yeah, the note the note that I wrote down was Patton Penguin because it reminds me of like the General Patton speech. Yes, but I definitely agree with you. Like when Danny DeVito goes, which is hopefully never, <laughs> in his in, in memoriam, in memoriam, in his in memoriam at the Oscars, I expect to see that scene little, of him addressing the penguins. Little snippet from that that grand speech of I'm, his. I'm not even saying snippet I'm saying the last you like the whole no, well not the, not the whole shebang but I'm saying like that's the ender where it like fades to black mm. like because okay. again when Please. God help us if it never mm. happens don't, don't say it okay Beetlejuice <laughs> that's one the penguin goes to uh, plot his revenge and his revenge is to steal the firstborn of every person in Gotham which at this point okay so I'm looking at it from a different perspective because it's already a Christmas movie, <laughs> but it also just kind of became a Passover movie for me. <laughs> so now I have two excuses every year to watch Batman Returns. It's very interesting because this is where, as a supporter of the Penguin, I became <laughs> a non-supporter of the Penguin. Things are getting a little weird on the Penguin you were party. Like, okay, you were like, all right, this guy had a hard life. Like, I understand... You know, you, you finally make it up to the world. You're eating fish. You're on top of the world. You're going to be mayor. You got the Batman. And then it all falls apart. Like, I could see a broken man, but waging war against the children, that's <laughs> that's where you cut him off. 
you were like, I'm sorry, Penguin Man. I can no longer relate with your character. This may come as a surprise as a person who did dislikes. You grow, did you grow up a Penguin Man? <laughs> I did not. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be insensitive. <laughs> I did not grow up a Penguin Man. I do love a good Penguin, but I no. No Penguin Man over here in this flesh. No, this may, <laughs> this may come as a surprise as a person who dislikes children. But once you start stealing, newborn children is where you lose me. As, as a supporter. Okay. I'm, I'm on board with that. That's where I draw the line, I think. Danny DeVito and the duck boat raid the Eyes Wide Shut party that Batman and uh, Christopher Walken and Catwoman are all at. And I did I do love how Catwoman's plan to get to Christopher Walken was, I'm not going to do this as Catwoman in disguise as this villain that I already am. I'm going to do this at a party with a gun in front of a bunch of people as myself. That's what I'm going with. It's a bold fucking move. It, like, she wanted him to know. She's kind of just a boss-ass bitch. <laughs> boss-ass bitch. Yeah. She's badass. So Christopher Walken ends up getting kidnapped by the penguin in the ducky boat and taken to the underground lair. And Batman's driving through the sewers in his little bat boat while the penguins with missiles on their backs are <laughs> filtering up to the upper world, which uh, some of those penguins were actual penguins with little missile backpacks. I was hoping so. What? Not really? they weren't all like there was some CG sequences and there was some like yeah. people in costumes and like puppetry, but a lot of it was actual penguins with little missile backpacks on. Wow. Early nineties. Some of those penguins were huge. Yeah. I think those were the people in the suits. <laughs> that, that was crazy. Could you imagine? I know they were almost Danny DeVito size. That's, that's yeah. what I thought. Yes. So as that was happening, Batman's kind of like triangulating in on like the, the penguins, like secret lair or the pen hub <laughs> as some call it. And I find it funny that like nobody's, nobody's first thought was like, Hey, you know that abandoned zoo with the penguin exhibit? I wonder if that's where this is going to lead us. No, it couldn't. The greatest detective, the Batman. So Alfred, the hacker, jams the penguin signals and stops the penguin missiles from shooting, and they all return back to the penguin home. They just turn around and run away. They just turn around and run away. And then there's the big final fight, and Penguin dies for the first time. Catwoman kills Christopher Walken, disappears, yada, yada, yada. Uh, yeah, I'm going to yada, yada, yada through the end. I did like how she was like kind of like a... Uh, Michael Myers, she's just taking like fucking shots, like, and fuck you. I'm still coming. Again, yeah. boss ass bitch. <laughs> Murders Christopher Walken like a motherfucker, and he ends up like looking like a crispy, crispy critter when Batman <laughs> finds him. It was so fun. I didn't expect that. That was a nice little little trope to throw in there. Looked like, some, looked like something out of Beetlejuice. <laughs> That's two. So then the penguin comes out of the fucking water black shit dripping out of his mouth like a fucking something from the walking dead grabs the wrong umbrella dies again and then he has a nice little penguin funeral <laughs> as is tradition and then he just slides down just face first okay i've changed my mind that's how the in memoram <laughs> is supposed to end just getting druggled away by his family of penguins. It's beautiful. It's touching. It brings a tear to the eye. And then Alfred picks up Batman from the fight and 
they drive home. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That was so nice. We actually all did it. That was. So I did make <laughs> I did make a little a Christmas movie checklist. Yeah. While we were watching. Did you check it twice? I did. Christmas tree lighting. Check and double check. Yeah. Snowy. Mm-hmm. Check. Presents. Opening scene. Clowns jumping out of the giant present. That counts. Check. Check. And Alfred was buying presents. Somebody was shopping for presents. That's what Alfred was doing in like the first scene when you saw Alfred. He was mm-hmm. shopping for presents. That's a Christmas classic. Yeah. Wasn't Christopher Walken slinging presents when he first yeah. shows up? Yeah. Like yeah. Oprah. Here, present for you. Present for you. <laughs> presents everywhere. Check, check, check. Dang. You've got kissing under the mistletoe. A couple times. A couple of times. One is eh, debatable, but yeah, you get it after that. Yeah. Check, check. Well, check. Check. <laughs> check and a half. Check and a half. Uh, there were Christmas lights everywhere. Oh. Yeah. So even though the Eyes Wide Shut party at the end wasn't Christmas themed, I did notice like garland and Christmas lights yeah. all around the room. Yeah. So it's just weird rich people Christmas party. So I'm going with check on that one. And we ended with a Merry Christmas, Mr. Wayne. Merry Christmas, Alfred. Very It's a Wonderful Lifey. Pan up to the sky. Check. You know what has none of those? Fucking die hard. I feel like your hatred for Die Hard just grows and grows. I mean, as we approach it, I'm just getting like more and more frustrated that that's that's what everybody's all fucking in on. You know what I mean? To watch this and then know that that's what's coming, I I agree. This trumps it by a freaking mile on the Christmas levels. I obviously haven't seen Die Hard, but... I think this one was a lot more Christmassy than the last one we watched. Yeah. Kiss, bang, bang. Going through my checklist of what, because I'm framing my what makes a Christmas movie off of this. Uh Uh-huh. And going through my checklist, yes, I I agree completely. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang was lacking in a lot of check marks that needed to be there. For it to be categorized as a Christmas movie. Yep, I agree. So do you retract that it's a Christmas movie, or do you stand pat? I'm going to go with it's a December movie. Okay. Okay. But not a Christmas movie. It's not the Christmas contender. It's a Christmas spirit movie, not a Christmas movie. I think there's a difference between the two. Yeah. I'm I'm finding that as well as we're going through our Christmas journey. Yeah. I think we have a consensus, then. (laughs) We have a Christmas consensus. (laughs) Dang, look at us. Christmas miracle. <laughs> All in the like Tim Burton Christmas movie, Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton, Michelle Pfeiffer, like bang, 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 fucking hit on all notes. I, mm-hmm. I would thoroughly enjoyed rewatching this movie. Me too. I'm glad we watched this. This feels like a Christmas staple for me going forward. I think this is going into the Christmas rotation every year now. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got, I got to read this. Hold on a second. You know what's better than movies? Movies on weed. Movies on weed is like having a conversation with a friend. A nice little bite-sized look into how they feel about some of your favorite films. Movies on weed, available on Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. And that was Batman Returns. 
Fucking hey. Be- best Catwoman, best Penguin, best Batman. Getting pretty close to thinking the same. Michael fucking hey. Keaton. That Michael Keaton's so hot all the time. Same. Man, the man cannot fail. He's the Tom Hanks that never was. I'm I'm happy he has kind of had a little bit of a resurgence in the recent years. And I'm excited to see. You know, let me say something really fast. Michael Keaton is in another one of my favorite movies. You know what that movie's called? What well, what movie is that, John? A movie called Beetlejuice. Ooh. All right, well, that's going to wrap up our uh, Batman Returns special for our Christmas Spectacular. Next week coming up, we've got our Spider-Man Christmas Season Spectacular. No, I can't I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's going to be too... Uh, no, I won't be able to do it, it that long. It sounds like it hurts. It hurts so much, especially after all the marijuanas that we marijuana. <laughs> so we're going to do a big-ass, fun, everything-we've-been-holding-in Spider-Man episode. We're going to be seeing Spider-Man on opening day first showing, recording the after, and we're going to try to get it out as soon as possible, hopefully that night, if not the next morning. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's going to be lots to deconstruct and dive into, and I can't wait for it. It's going to be exciting as hell. Whole Sinister Six. <sighs> Bring on the multiverse. Very excited. Back to the theater. It's gonna be so nice to like be in like a packed house with like mm-hmm. that energy, the the theater community. It's been a long time. I'm not just a theater kid with an RE. I'm a theater <laughs> kid with an ER also. Damn, that hits that hits hard, man. And after that we're gonna be watching our Christmas viewing of Die Hard, who which nobody Aside from me, has really well. They tried to watch it last year, but then I watched. It. Well, John, <laughs> sorry, John watched it last year. Snort didn't make it through. No, he fell asleep so, as usual. Yeah, she does that when she's scared or bored. So we'll see how we fare. <laughs> There's nothing on... really scary in Die Hard, though. So I guess I was just <laughs> bored. And that's going to do it. Shout out Chaz. One more time. C to the H to the AZ. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We greatly appreciate it, man. Tell a friend. Uh, and ju- if you want to be as cool as Chaz, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Spotify. Turn on that little bell. Get the notifications. Know when we've got new episodes, new posts. we got good content. we got Spider Week coming up on Instagram. Spider fucking everything. You want some good spider memes? Some crunchy fucking spider memes? Them little eight-legged motherfuckers? We got them. I'm, I'm convinced. Follow. All right, well, if you see uh, three people sitting around a foggy kitchen eating some spicy Popeye's chicken, come over and say hi. Just might be us. Okay, bye.
like getting snubbed in the in Moramium in Moramium? How do how do you say that word? Memorium. Memorium. Oh my god! (laughs) I didn't even know what you were trying to say. So we just finished smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> you have to say yeah, and then you have to say yeah. yeah. Like the, I, we forgot to put that little part in the intro. Oh, I completely uh, yeah, just I realized just it. I was like, because like know what we did it. the intro, we did the trios, and then we started talking about some off the tangent subject, and then we went right oh, into news. You started freaking out. Yeah, because you started hearing the car go by. <laughs> You got distracted by a car going by, and that distracted the entire podcast, so we forgot this bit. So now we have to record it. I'm glad I remembered. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. We're not, we're not re-recording the whole episode. We still have everything <laughs> recorded. We just forgot this one little chunk. I had a PTSD flashback. What do you mean we lost the recording? <laughs>